Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 45. I'm Scott Davenport. Today we tackle a question. When is my photo kit obsolete? Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this shared passion of ours. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. Today's topic comes from an email question, which I will share in a moment. The theme of the question is really about the rate of change in the photo industry and how the pace of change, and sometimes a change itself, makes what we have obsolete. Or is that true? Does a change in the industry, new kit, a new product, make what we currently have obsolete? Or do we just feel that way? Do we need to jump to that next new product right away? If you enjoy today's podcast, please share it with a friend, share on social media with your camera club, and if you can, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Current ratings on Apple Podcasts really help other photographers find out about the show. All right, so this question that I received, I got this through email, and it really, I thought, was a very good topic to to cover. Here's the, the fundamentals of it. This person writes, Over the years, I have purchased third-party enhancements for various graphics programs. Most programs seem to upgrade annually. They talk about the enhancements, but seldom provide information about changes that make previous items obsolete. Any suggestions on how to approach this problem? So the question is in the vein of post-processing tools software, and I will respond to this question throughout this podcast. But when I first read this, I thought about the more general case. A new product is announced, a camera, a lens, a post-processing tool, a tripod, flash, drone, the list goes on. The new features it brings can make us feel a little envious, maybe a little down. The stuff we own may seem to sparkle just a little less. But here's the thing. New products come out all the time. Nothing has changed with what you have. A camera in your hand works exactly the same way it did yesterday. Your software tools produce the same results they did yesterday. Your lenses are just as sharp as they were yesterday. Your current kit doesn't suddenly stop working just because a new product came out. Now, if you're new to this podcast, Have a listen to episode 40, Artists Make Great Photos, Gear Solves Problems, for more thoughts about this in general. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. The sum of it is your gear, your software tools, they solve problems for your photography. If your problem set hasn't changed or the new gizmo that's just been announced doesn't address your needs in an improved way, you don't need to immediately move forward. Your kit is not obsolete so long as you're still making great art with it. Now let me return to the question about post-processing tools, upgrades. I'll reread part of this question. Most programs seem to update annually. They talk about the enhancements but seldom provide any information about program changes that make previous items obsolete. Any suggestions on how to approach this problem? So let's tackle this in uh, a couple of steps. 
Uh, first, let's talk about maybe some tangibles, a few examples of things that have changed in software tools, not necessarily for the better. And then some thoughts around how to insulate ourselves from these types of changes. So I thought of several changes that have been made in recent history by various software vendors that were, well, let's say, questionable. I'll talk to three different tools because they're tools I use. If you have a, a favorite example of uh, one of these changes that was not for the better, uh, drop it in the episode webpage. You can leave a comment there or you can send me a note using the contact form on stopdownpodcast.com. All right, first one, number one, Adobe Lightroom. So not if you remember the quote-unquote simplified import dialog. <laughs> so the, the goal with this change was to make the import process easier. Getting our photos into a Lightroom catalog was supposed to be easier. And the issue is that it came way too late. As cumbersome and confusing as Lightroom's import process can be, Photographers had learned to work with it and more so built workflows around it and relied on certain features to be there. This change was unceremoniously panned by many, many photographers. And thankfully, Adobe didn't entirely remove the more complex and I'll call traditional import. And they quickly reinstated it as the default. But it was, it was not a move that was made for the better and really messed up photographer's workflows. Example number two, on One Photo Raw, the 2020 edition removed smart albums and replaced it with an advanced search feature. If you're not familiar with On One, a smart album is a collection of photos that is populated based on a set of rules. You know, greater than four stars has a certain keyword. If you're familiar with Lightroom, we'd call this a smart collection. So criteria on your photo builds up the contents of these albums and they can dynamically change. Now, On One didn't remove this functionality entirely, but the rearrangement they made is, in my opinion, more cumbersome. Yes, searches can be saved so you can have rule-based views of your photo, but these saved searches are buried in a submenu of a menu and searches can't be nested and well-organized. It's just not as usable a feature as smart albums were. And it annoyed a lot of photographers. The effort they'd put into smart albums had to be remapped and reapplied to advanced search. And depending on your reliance on smart albums for your workflow, that can be an uncomfortable change. Example number three, Skylum and their forthcoming Luminar AI product. Now, Luminar AI isn't even released yet, but we know a lot about it. Skylum's shared plenty of details with us. I've been able to play with early versions of the software. We know this is a big change on the horizon. And the big change is that Luminar AI is treated as a new product. Luminar 4, the current product, becomes an island. Skylum is not providing a catalog migration path from Luminar 4 to Luminar AI. Now, the new product, Luminar AI, it has a catalog, and it has the same exact asset management features as its predecessor. However, photographers cannot migrate their non-destructive edits, albums, ratings to the new version. That's a headache. I've lived through a mass migration once, and more about that in a bit. Now, why talk about these? Well, I highlight them not to trash talk a vendor, 
but instead to remind us that our tools can and do change. And not every change we will be excited about. In some cases, when our workflow is polished and streamlined, a change can be a detriment. The Lightroom import item I mentioned a minute ago, for a new Lightroom user that got that simplified interface, that may have been perfect. But for the existing user base, not so much. So some of this just depends on where we are on our photo journey with a particular tool at a particular moment in time. Now to the last part of this question, how can we deal with this type of event? How can we approach this kind of problem where upgrades to tools change and we may not be excited about the change? I have a couple of thoughts that I think help insulate us from undesired change. The first is to choose your photo hub carefully. By photo hub, I mean the tool you use to manage your photos and probably the tool you use to start your editing. This is the application that helps you organize, sort, search, rate, tag, all those things with your photos. Why am I harping on photo hub and choosing that carefully? Because a lift and shift of your photo library to another tool is painful as is running in what I'll call a split brain mode where some of your photo library is managed in one tool and some of it is managed in another tool. For many workflows, that just isn't viable. You cannot do a search across your entire set of photos that you've ever taken and get a cross section of your work. In late 2020, the vendors I have faith and trust in to continue forward with stable asset management are Adobe for Lightroom, On One with Photo Raw, and Capture One's offering. Now there may be some others, others tools I just haven't used or I'm not familiar with. Notice I didn't say Skylum. I think Luminar is a great editor, and I'll continue to leverage Luminar and their editing tools in my post-processing. But for the asset management, it's just not something Skylum is putting a lot of resources into. The second thought is to just upgrade slowly. It seems straightforward enough, right? Because a new version of software comes out, it doesn't mean you have to jump on it right away, especially if what you have is serving you well. Now, I'm very sensitive to updates to my photo hub. For me, that's Lightroom. I do not update my main photo system day one when a new version drops. I'll load it on a secondary system, let it soak there a little bit, and uh, selfishly, I'll let other braver users out there find the first set of new bugs with the updated tools. Now for adjunct tools to your photo hub, like your plugins, your specialty tools, you know, maybe those you can move to a little sooner because often they will let you run multiple versions side by side. So you don't have to give up what you have and you can still try out what's new. And you can test the waters a little bit sooner if you don't have a second system to experiment with then running versions side by side is, is a good place, a good way to tinker and experiment. And you might find that the upgrade does indeed have features you want to incorporate into your photography. Let me finish off the podcast by recognizing that upgrading slowly, choosing your photo hub carefully, these are ways we mitigate risk. 
it's not a promise that the industry won't throw you a curveball or turn your entire workflow on its head. When I was really getting back into photography, digital photography, about a decade or so ago now, my first asset manager was Apple's Aperture. Aperture was my photo hub. Now, Apple's a big company, reputable. Aperture was a pretty safe bet as an asset manager. At the time, it was really Lightroom, Aperture, and maybe a sprinkling of Capture One. And Aperture was actually the first one to market before Lightroom. It was preferred by many professionals. And in 2015, Apple discontinued development of Aperture. That was it. The Photos app was the future, and it wasn't then, and in my opinion, still isn't, up to par for professional photographers. So it happens. We are never immune to changes interrupting our workflows. Now, when Aperture was discontinued, what did I do? At first, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like I said earlier, what I had working continued to work. Just because Apple stopped making a product didn't mean they reached into my hard drive and shut things down and took away my programs. I kept working in Aperture while I researched alternatives, planned out my migration, and it took about eight months for me to move my library. Sidebar. A sudden shutdown of your photo applications is a little more of a concern in 2020. Apps that are pure subscription services can suddenly stop working or disappear. If the application authenticates to a service at launch and that service goes away and you can't run offline, all right, that's a risk. Strictly speaking, I have a level of risk today with Lightroom. I think it's a small risk and it's within my tolerance, but there is the possibility that Lightroom will cease to be available to me in some way, shape, or form that is working for me and I will not be able to make new photos in it. Perpetual license software is less problematic in that regard, but not risk-free. Old software runs fine, provided you can keep an older computer running longer and you don't update your camera to a raw format the old software doesn't understand. Footnote to the sidebar, there are still users running Aperture today, five years after its demise. I suppose if I have a point to make with this tale, it's this. Insulate your workflow as best you can. Move your tools and your kit forward at your own pace and realize occasionally you may need to absorb a big change. But the mere fact that a new product or a new piece of gear has been released does not immediately obsolete what you have running today. As I do in each episode, I want to thank the supporters on Patreon. Cannot tell you enough. I know week in and week out, I say it, and it is true. You are the reason this podcast is on the air. Your support makes the podcast possible. You know, there's stuff on the back end. There's servers to host the podcast and services to push the podcast out places. Those things aren't free, and your contributions help keep the engine of the show running. So thank you again. I hope you enjoyed some of the content I've shared in Patreon this month, a presentation on long exposure photography, and I've got something else coming up for you maybe by the end of November, early December, another bonus to the Patreon community for all your support. 
If you're interested in learning more about the Patreon community, check the show notes. There's also a support the show button on every page of Stop Down Podcast where you can learn more. Another way you can support the show is using any of my offer codes or affiliate links. I've talked about several software packages in today's episode, and I have offer codes for a couple of them that'll save you money. And yes, I do see the irony here. I just talked about not necessarily needing to upgrade right away, but you can try out the new versions, check them out for free. And if you do decide an upgrade is for you, you can toss a little support my way by using one of the links and there's no additional cost to you. Well, that'll wrap up this week's episode. I hope this didn't get too detailed or tool heavy for you and you found the topic interesting And maybe when that next software version is released, you won't feel pressure to move forward immediately. And once again, if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. You can find the podcast in any podcast app out there. I'm I'm everywhere. And until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun.